0: 37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's pixelated paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: evening of august 21st 1955 near kelly in hopkinsville kentucky the sutton family experienced one of the most famous close encounters in ufo and alien encounter history that evening one of the boys went outside to use the outhouse since the farmhouse on the sutton farm had no indoor bathroom he soon came running back inside claiming that he had seen a large ufo craft outside and strange creatures coming towards their farmhouse Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor grabbed a couple rifles and immediately stormed outside. As they left the front door and made their way out from underneath the front porch awning, one of the men felt something strange brush through his hair. Looking up, they noticed a strange creature squatting on the roof watching them. They immediately opened fire and shot the strange creature. Looking out in the yard, they noticed several more of these strange creatures walking towards them as well as in the trees. The creatures were short, about three feet tall, without any hair or fur, but had large black eyes and what looked like pointy ears. They were harassed for over two hours by these little creatures. They would hear them tap on the windows, poke the window screens, and try to open the front and back doors. They could also be heard on top of the roof. The family reported that they shot several of these goblins with their rifles, but noted no harm being done to the strange creatures, save for one who said to have stalked back towards the fence line and left a strange glowing streak on the fence of glowing blood. The rest of the beings that were there, if they were shot, they seemed to be immune to the bullets, and they would just let the sound of a ping like metal getting shot by a bullet and ricocheting off metal. One of the creatures that was shot out of a tree was said to have floated down to the ground rather than to fall from its dead weight. Some of the family went to the police station later that night to report the siege and claim of gunfire. Being concerned about a possible gun battle between people and farmers, four city police, five state troopers, three deputies of the sheriff, and four military police from the nearby U.S. Army Fort Campbell drove to the Sutton farmhouse located near the town of Kelly in Christian County. Their search yielded nothing more than a few gun shells and some holes in the windows and screens, but no trace of any goblins could be found. Now, over 60 years later, this crazy encounter of the goblins have seemingly returned in a bizarre and intriguing documentary called Hellier. What's up everybody, welcome back to episode 82, a very special episode of Pixelated Paranormal. Now we want to give everybody a fair warning, if you haven't watched the hell Your documentary and plan to, you should probably know that this is another episode of our Spoiler Town. If you have any plan to watch it, we'll give you a fair warning later in the episode. We're going to discuss a couple of the key plot points, but before that we'll let you guys know when to drop off. That way you can stick around and listen if you'd like, or you can come back later. So the tale of the Kelly Hopkinsville goblins is one of our personal favorites. And while we've covered this initial tale, you know, a couple times before, um, there's a new wonderful documentary series that dropped out of thin air. It turns out that it's a very intriguing epilogue to the Sutton family siege and a possible continuation of what happened to that family back in 1955. Now, being as though this all takes place in the bluegrass state, we thought that maybe we should call in some backup. So we've got a very special guest to help us dive back into this tale of terror.
2: How's it going, everybody? It's me. The Kentucky gentleman himself. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) They brought me out of retirement. You know, they're going to put that strap back on me. You know, the perfect gentleman's going to get his belt back.
0: But uh, am <laughs> busting him out that nursing home. It's putting time
2: guys. I I'm back for this episode. Uh, I told Sean when he, he dropped the information on me. He's like, have you seen this documentary or anything about mm-hmm. it? And he dropped me the li- link to the, uh, hell your documentary. And I was like, Oh, Oh, so I <laughs> had remember hearing about this story originally on mysterious universe. It's close to home. And, um, so I as I was, my interest was peaked already, but this tale about the Hopkinsville encounter does have a special place in my heart, which ties in with this Hellier story. Uh, my grandfather knew Billy Ray Taylor, um, I believe is who he knew that they were visiting the Sutton family that night. Boom, big and, reveal. Uh, I'm
3: sorry. Like boom, big reveal. It's awesome. You have that connection. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, my grandfather knew him and he took my grandfather actually out to this house and was telling him the tales of what happened that night and showed him the claw marks or the scratch marks on the windows and wood where they had been clawing at the windows trying to get in. Uh, My grandfather had even seen the holes in the screen where they were shooting through the screen to try to kill these things. Um, God, that's crazy. This is... This it's so cool. This, this story has important meaning to me, and one thing that you'll, when you watch the Hell Hellier documentary, the very first thing they bring up before anything about goblins or Hellier or anything is synchronicity. And honestly, I was telling Sean that this podcast would probably not exist if it wasn't for this tale about Hopkinsville. Because literally, this is what got me going.
3: Into all that shit.
2: This is what got me going between my grandparents and my grandma telling me, um, hey, you know, uh, if you do see the aliens, don't go near them. They're scary. (laughs) Uh, Because I was, but you know, it all started back when there was a show on USA Network. They would do these little cartoon blocks and they would do one called In a Minute. Well, it, one day I'm sitting there before school, and and in a minute popped on, and it was talking about aliens and how the little green men from Mars and blah blah blah, and they showed little gray aliens, but you know looked made it look green, and I was like, and there's like, if you see one of these things, what would you do? And I said something to my grandma because she was sitting there with me. I go, I go, oh, I'd probably go up and talk to it, and my grandmother looked at me like <laughs> I had something growing out of my ears that wasn't <laughs> you dumb
1: motherfucker <laughs> And she looked at me and she goes
2: don't you ever talk to him I was like I go what they're like don't you ever talk to him and that's the first time I'd ever heard this story and I knew years later like looking through some of the books that they had on aliens and stuff like that most of them had this tale of the Hopkinsville Goblin encounter in it mm-hmm. so you know they like they said like I said there's a personal history there and oh, yeah. uh, that's so cool
3: I, man I love this, every time you tell me that story but so it's cool. like
2: the synchronicity of all this is like this podcast would not probably exist without the Hopkins encounter. So it's, again, one little more notch in the story of Hellier and how it ties everything together. Even if you're not a part of their mission, part of their story, we're still a part of the story in one way or another.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. One well, last episode, I talked about that book I had, that World's Best True UFO Stories. And oddly enough, the Sutton family siege is in that book as well, and that's the book I bought back in like the early '90s in Branson, Missouri, on some family vacation we were on. Mm-hmm. And that story has stuck with me for so long as being it's your very atypical alien encounter. It's not little greys. There's no abduction. It's just these weird little like gremlin, goblin type creatures.
2: And and over the years, you know, you hear about the you hear the people trying to debunk it. And it, it always bothered me because they always make people in Kentucky look dumb. And it's <laughs> one of my one of the famous debunkers has a I think it was Skeptoid Podcast or something. He did a whole podcast about it. And his conclusion was all they seen were owls. Now I'm gonna tell you anybody in rural Kentucky in the nineteen fifties knew what an owl was. They've mm-hmm. seen them all the time, and if you ever see a map of Hopkinsville, but more importantly, Kelly is where this happened at, which is just like a part of Hopkinsville. There's right. nothing there. There's still nothing there. Uh, a couple of years ago, when we had that the total eclipse, the epicenter of that total eclipse on the line was Hopkinsville, Kentucky. That was a area. Of, oh yeah, a, an area of uh, totality. And what's even what's even cooler is it fell on the weekend of the green, little green men days that they have out in Hopkinsville to celebrate. (laughs) Right. So, like, it literally all that lined up perfectly. Again, synchronicity. They have it the same year. They have it, like, the same (laughs) week every year, and it fell right on the time of the eclipse. And so, literally, that Monday after this festival is when the eclipse happened. And to let you guys know how backwards and how ill-prepared they were hundreds of thousands of people came out there to Hopkinsville. right traffic was so backed up it didn't move for hours
3: yeah because didn't didn't you and your mom go
2: no we didn't go because we we figured it we found out how many people were coming and how hard it would have been to to that's crazy
3: that's crazy
2: yeah because we were like basically where i live at was like 97% totality So I was like, yeah, there's no sense of really going there for that extra three (laughs) percent.
3: So so, oh, and the one thing I want to mention real quick is that anybody listening out there, this will basically be the synchronicity podcast because that word's gonna be said a shitload. Like even in the damn the damn documentary should have just been called synchronicity (laughs) because they say it so fucking much. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So I mean, like I said, this is personal this is personal history of this podcast again. This is, yeah. you know, I may not be on the podcast very often, but the thing is, it was me and Sean's baby from the beginning. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. This Preston the, was
1: the bratty babysitter who somehow, you know. And I'm the creepy uncle.
3: What up? <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Can I get out of the car now?
1: <laughs> right. No, bitch. No, you're you in the backseat shotgun. with the uncle. Oh, home. Oh, damn president got sent to the back seat (laughs) damn
2: over but twiddling uh, my
3: thumbs Hmm. but anyway that's that's
2: just how important this story is to me and that's awesome I mean I'm not gonna say I wasn't there when my grandfather went and talked to the guy and took him out to the house and everything like that so I was I don't know how you know if it's a big put on I don't believe it to be a big put on do I know Mm -hmm. what it is do I think it's aliens and uh, Martians or anything like that we don't know what it is But to say it was owls just really demeans what the people seen that day, and yeah, a lot of people say that they
1: were, a lot of people say they were drunk on moonshine in that farmhouse, and they were great horned owls or eagle owls that were um, just up in the trees and pecking at the windows. But again, Steve, it's that weird thing of owls, everything alien. I fucking hate owls, owls.
3: dude. They they creep (laughs) me the fuck out. Now my my thing is. that's the thing. I don't know when to interject on certain things. Whenever you it's want, interject, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. like for me, like the idea of goblins. First off, there's only one badass fucking goblin. That's the Goblin King. You know what I'm saying? But I tell you right now, <laughs> fucking Jared from Black Prince, <laughs> if you didn't catch that, the Power of the Babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like when I think of these things, like I, like to me, my envision of a goblin is like, have you ever seen the movie Descent? hmm yeah like that's that's what i picture these things looking like like kind of like really pale like not like he gets one of them gets shot and it just floats to the ground like like it's some failed uh physics glitch in a video game <laughs> like it just looks weird just it sounds it sounds weird to me that like when i think of goblins i think of like um like scraggly things that wouldn't like they have hair and like like light hair i don't know it just to me it Right. The idea of a goblin, it's better to call them, like, I don't know. Like, what what is the, what is the definition of a goblin? Like an actual goblin? Not I mean, these a goblin is a
2: that, mythical creature.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the things have different names, too, because we might as well just
1: get into this and not even pay attention to the outline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The The idea of the Kelly Hopkinsville goblins, that's just one one label put on those creatures because – We'll get into a mammoth cave here in a minute and talk about caves and whatnot, but that's the way this family described them is to be short, diminutive, uh, pointy-eared little creatures. But the same thing you could say about a gremlin, or in some parts of the mine, you know, in old mining towns and old coal mines and stuff, they called them the Tommyknackers, or they called them the Holler Goblins. There's tales all across folklore, American, Native American, everything else about creatures that live inside Tommy of caves Tommy and and, and, at your door. <laughs> and live inside of, uh, you know, mines and stuff like that. So, Goblin, well, that's just one name for these yeah. creatures.
0: And you also have to think about, like, when you see something that's unexplainable, you're going to associate it to something as close as you can so if you have like all these you know like most of my family came from Kentucky and they're all like Scottish Irish descents and so that that folklore is still really prevalent in that that area so if you're coming across something that you can't explain and the closest thing that you have like oh shit that's like that's probably like what grandma was talking about like a goblin then you're going to uh, call it a
3: goblin because that's that's what you have to yeah. associate it with That makes sense kind of like if Somebody saw a coyote. They'd be like, "Oh, look, that's a dog." If they didn't know any better, right? You know that makes sense, right? Yeah, exactly. Coyotes. Uh,
2: Did somebody mention coyotes over there? <laughs> <No
3: shit>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, before we go too
1: much farther, let's let's go ahead and drop some news because we have a couple fun news stories to tell. Uh, Preston, why
0: don't you jump into yours real quick? <laughs> Oh, boy. So I came across this one. (laughs) There's no segue. (laughs) Yeah. Man threw meth-fueled death party for his wife before she died. That's right. The Mankato Free Press reported that Dwayne Arden Johnson, no relation to The Rock, 58 of Searles, Minnesota, was charged with criminal neglect and receiving stolen property after his wife's death on Thursdays. Deputies said Johnson called 911 about noon to report the death of his wife, Deborah Lynn, 69. When officers arrived to the couple's home, they found words, Death Parade, God Hell, spray painted on the front door. A naked Dwayne Johnson allegedly ran outside and said Wait. that his wife was dead. <laughs> Dwayne the Crack Rock Johnson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's the link to this? I'll, I'll send it to you then ran back inside to take a bath. He was later found in the bathtub hallucinating and trying to wash off uh, invisible white and black things from his skin. Deborah Johnson's body was found wrapped in a sheet at the top of the stairs. The newspaper reported that Deborah had been living in a nursing home, but Dwayne checked her out days earlier because she wanted to die at home. Johnson said they took methamphetamine after she stopped taking her medication, they spent their final hours having sex and listening to the metal band <laughs> quiet, right? <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> sounds like an audio article. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The yeah.
0: uh, <laughs> Wayne said he be- uh, Deborah began having convulsions, but wouldn't let him call the police after she died. Uh, Johnson said he washed his wife's body and wrapped her in linen like the Bible told me to do. He said he waited several hours to call 911 because he wanted to make sure that she was dead. <laughs> a search of their home turned up four rifles, two shotguns, and 100 rounds of ammunition of several varieties, which were allegedly uh, stolen. Johnson was arrested without incident and charged with c- criminal neglect and felony counts of theft and receiving stolen property. His bond has been set to $250,000. So
2: uh, I just got a text message of this man's picture. And you know what? That looks like one happy son bitch.
1: It does. He looks like Grandpa Freddy Krueger.
3: (laughs) So, what? I don't understand. What is the. uh, That's all. That's funny. So, he. Neglectful death? Like, isn't that what she wanted? Yeah. Yeah, that's what she wanted. So basically, she was tired
0: of being in the nursing home, her yeah. health was failing, and she just wanted to fucking rock out one last time. I mean, time, if she's so. with that
3: dude, she's got to be fucking just as crazy, right? I mean, yeah. that are uh, wild. I don't want to say crazy too I'm,
0: loose, but... I mean, who doesn't want to have a sex-fueled night and listen to Quiet Riot and then, you know, basically stroke out? But like, riot. I don't
3: understand why they're charging him with that. If that's what she wanted to do and they were abusing drugs themselves, like, I don't know, yeah. it's just weird. But she,
0: but she didn't write it down anywhere. It wasn't like in her will. She said, I want my husband to break me out, fill me up full of meth, screw me, let me Another thing,
3: who in the fuck, who in the fuck is letting that dude check out anyone from a nursing home? (laughs) (laughs) That guy's crazy looking. There's no way I'd be like, oh yeah, you're totally on the list. Fuck that!
1: that's the face of a man I can trust. Yeah. (laughs) God, man. Uh, you know what? Like, we're not uh, condoning illegal drug use here, but she went out the way she wanted to go out.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, I don't yeah. think meth's cool, but I'm mean, like, if that's what she wanted to do, if that's what he wanted to do, it was a consensual thing, yeah. and then it's a love story, and, and yeah. then he, like, you know, his meth just man. The black and the, the black and white stuff from his yeah. arms. I,
0: I got to pick it off. I got to get him off. They're crawling all over. And that dude's
3: <laughs> old too. So he's got the older skin, man. I wonder if it like, ugh. Yeah, bet his arms are messed up. Poor but bastard. I think we
1: can all agree, still a better love story than Twilight. That's right, <laughs> Dwayne I took the rock Johnson,
3: Dwayne the crack rock Johnson.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Rob, what do you got, man? Why don't you news us?
2: Okay, so several months ago, or about almost like I think it was like almost two months ago. Ruth Bader Ginsburg had uh surgery to remove some cancerous growths Cancer, in her lungs. Yeah. yeah. And uh and since that day, nobody has seen her. And now the rumor going around is on Reddit, I noticed I was I was just in a thread where they were talking about her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody brought up the fact that she hadn't been seen because she's dead. And <laughs> The reason why they're not coming out and saying it, because and now keep in mind, these are Trump supporters uh, from the Donald going around and like it literally every other line was like, well, where's Ruth at? She's dead, right? So basically the rumor, the, the, the they believe that she has died. And the reason why no one's come forward to say so is because if they do, then immediately Donald Trump gets another pick for the Supreme Court. Because wow. they had to be replaced.
3: Just so last week, I was at my dad's house. He starts telling me this.
2: Yeah.
3: And he brings up this website he goes to and has all these people that are uh, on both sides, if you will, and talks about each one of them. And then he's like, look, this is the one. Watch this. And he brings this like video up and he shows me this stuff about her um, – uh, yeah, her – her being really dead and they're covering all this up and stuff. And But then like they just announced the other day that she's uh, – that they got the cancer out. She's apparently cancer-free and she does plan on returning back to, mm-hmm. to her seat. So It's uh-huh. like it, – I mean you think about this like – I say this all the time with Donald Trump or Hillary or whoever, whatever politician you may be that's in the spotlight, AOC, whatever – Can you imagine all the time being criticized, drilled, talked about online? Like it would drive you – it it would stress you out. Even if you didn't check social media, you'd still know that that many people are fucking Mm -hmm. all talking shit. She probably didn't want to be in the spot. I didn't want to be in the Mm -hmm. camera. You have to heal after that. Like after you you go through something, she's very elderly too.
2: Also, she's elderly. (laughs) It was lung surgery. So I'm sure she probably doesn't have a lot of strength to even talk.
3: Right, you and know, and and that's also called class. You have you oops, have to heal man. heal heal yourself, your body, your mind, your spirit, to go back and do one of the most honorable positions that could be given to you. You know, like she she did, she wants to go back. Like that's why these justices serve for so long because they feel you know it's their duty to you know protect people. And like mm-hmm. and, and I just it, it's crazy. And I guess I was trying to tell him I was like you do realize how ridiculous this sounds like <laughs> it's it's i mean and then you know he he goes keeps going back and forth and i said do you not remember what they did to obama they kept delaying it delaying it and all that crap too yeah it's the same exact that when it was you guys doing it to him it was cool like it's just it's just round and round all the time you know and then he's like did your dad have his uh tinfoil hat on when he was telling you all this dude he's got a tinfoil suit it's not a hat. <laughs> it's it, dude. It, this website. I'll have to get it from him. I'll, if, if I message him asking him for, oh, you, uh, you're interested now, aren't you? I got you. Like you know all that shit. But like this website, like it, it'll tell like if someone is a traitor or a patriot or a flip flop or a money bag. Or a money pocket, like think <laughs> like all these code words and shit. It's the weirdest <laughs> shit ever. And it's and and then he's like, no, this is true. This is totally uh, just just neutral. They present all the facts, and then like I was like, go to that go to that company name at the bottom with the with the the legal support that, yeah. and then did a Google search. Was like, yep, right wing. <laughs> like I'm like yeah, it's that easy to see that. No, they just play that for you. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that stuff about Ginsburg is is. I mean, I, I see that too. I browse uh, the popular politics. threads, yeah, yeah, like in politics of it, and, and it's like I seen that, and I am like, it's it's so crazy. So there is so <laughs> many people out there that believe something like that, like faking faking death. Man, is not is not cool, and I don't think, regardless of political party, I don't think that it they'd go that low. I would hope not.
2: Well, I mean, right. I don't know. It's a it's a funny conspiracy theory because when you read it, you're like, oh my God. And like in the people that pretend to believe it, because I don't know how many people actually believe it. I mean, I know there are right. people out there that do, like your dad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but stuff so, like, <laughs> like the other, like last night, I had to sit, I'm so annoyed at my mom because my mom is a Trump supporter on Facebook, like nobody's business. And it aggravates me so much. But, she posted a picture. Well, here's Nancy Pelosi hanging out with El Chapo, the drug lord. And I'm like, Mom, you do realize that's the Mexican president? That's not El Chapo. But- Might as
3: well be. Oh, God. That's crazy. And by the way, and, it, and like Sean always says, and I'll try to do my best ability to say what he always says. Like, if you're a Trump supporter, Republican, conservative, that's totally cool. I I will not judge you. I talk about my relationship to my father, like, and he knows that I talk about this. So like, I'm not calling anybody else that, you know, leans that way. I I like people for people. So if you're a good person, we're cool. I thought with you. Yeah. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Rob's mom, the sweetest lady of all time, makes excellent biscuits and gravy. Even though she believes in Photoshop photos, and every single time we post a picture <laughs> of uh, what's his name, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi,
2: Obi <laughs> Wan <As> Jesus, <laughs> she retweets yeah, it.
3: Oh, it's so good! That's amazing. Oh, yeah. All right. brings us back well, on track, that kind of,
1: Sean. <laughs> that kind of falls in the same vein as the uh, the doppelganger episode we did about that uh, that African president. Uh, that disappeared after having surgery and came back, and everybody's like, now he's a left handed. He used to be right handed and he didn't yeah. look the same and all that shit. It's interesting stuff, man. Weird, weird. Well, on the last little news story we have, um, this one kind of falls into that same familiar territory of the missing 411 that we talk about. But do you guys remember back uh, last week when that little boy had been found who had been missing for two days mm-hmm. um, up in like North Carolina? This little boy was out in his yard playing or out in his grandma's yard playing with his two other brothers. And I guess the grandma was inside. Two boys come inside. The third little boy, Casey, didn't go inside. She went out and discovered he's missing. After 45 minutes, she called the police and this little dude is gone for two days. Nobody had any idea where he was. They ran search parties, everything else. They said the temperature fell very low, dangerously low. Little boy wasn't wearing the right clothes for the rain and the cold air. There's sinkholes and water well, uh, you know, waterways everywhere. And apparently, a woman was walking her dogs two days later. Heard crying, and the little boy was then discovered to be largely unharmed. And it claims that a bear kept him company and protected him for the two days that he was missing.
3: That's, That's weird, just
2: a crazy story. Yeah,
3: yeah. What do you think? Aliens or what? <sighs>
2: alien, alien bears? Shit,
3: man. Oh man, maybe it was a Native American bear. Like a or Native American spirit in a bear. Well,
2: I sent <laughs> you guys a picture bear. of the bear that was seen. Do what? I? I seen a I sent you guys a picture of the bear that first protected him. Oh
1: that's cute. <laughs> Rob's caption said this is the bear. Too fat to fucking move to eat him.
3: <laughs> looks like Brady's
0: dog, Parker. <laughs> it does, yeah. That's cute. That's, that's just a common variety black bear. Right yeah. They're,
1: they're yeah. <laughs> yeah Preston, story. you were talking a little bit about black bears today. So did you have some science you wanted to throw in there?
0: No, I mean, it, it's just basically like their their habitat here in the United States. Like we've encroached. Yeah, we, we've encroached <laughs> upon that so much. Yeah, that uh, they're just they're 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 so used to humans now that they're you know they're not afraid to approach us. Um, but it's the brown bears that you really have to be uh, nervous about because those motherfuckers will maul you to death. But black bears are are really not as aggressive. What lick, is this guy
3: one. Dwight? Fucking knows yeah. his bears. <laughs> yeah, bears beat, beat bears, bears.
0: Battlestar beat Galactica.
3: Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So
0: listen, polar bears are like assholes of the bear kingdom. They'll kill you on site. Brown bears, eh, they're probably still going to kill you. Black bears really just want some food. Like, can I have a hamburger? Can I have a hot dog? Can I get in your trash sort of thing? How about trash pandas?
3: Just stay the way, stay the fuck away from all bears. (laughs) No, yeah, you could do that too. Except the gay club. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I've been mistaken for a bear so many times. Oh my gosh. All the time. One oh, time really? I went, yeah. All the time. time What's my
1: tangent coming on? Go
3: no, ahead. No, 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 no. No tangent. It was hilarious. I <laughs> I went there with my friend. Uh, I went to a gay club with my friend Dustin, and uh, you know he thought it'd be funny. He's like, yeah, just hang out, whatever. And and then all these people kept coming to me, and I was like, yeah, totally straight, just here with here with my friend. And and then they kept saying bear, and I was like, what what does that mean? Is that like a nickname? And they just started laughing, and I didn't figure it out for like an hour. <laughs> But that was pretty funny.
1: That's awesome. Hell yeah. I'm going to start calling you Winnie from now on. Winnie. (laughs) 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 Well, this little boy, he claimed that – let's see here. Where is it at? Um, Casey didn't say how he was able to survive all that. But what he did say is that he had a friend in the woods that was a bear that was with him. So uh, you know, there's nobody else that saw an actual bear. So who knows what the hell it was? But you know what? If you're a bear, let's just pretend we're all bears, you know, black bears. <laughs> and and you just see like some doofy little three-year-old kid just, you know, dirt, dirt, the dirt, dirt through woods. Would you think you'd eat it or you think you'd be just more like quizzical about it and just kind of run around and like, oh, somebody lost their cub? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could have ended a hell of a lot worse, man. It could have been just a bloody pair of sweatpants.
3: That's so. good. is wow, so crazy. That got man. dark.
1: It got real dark, didn't it? I want to finish yeah. that on a light note.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Batman.
2: Well,
1: should we get back into Hellier then? Anybody got any more news, or is that it?
0: Yeah, it's gobbling that shit up. Yeah.
3: So this is where the spoilers will come into full effect, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're definitely going to we're definitely going to talk about some of the main plot lines in the show, but we're going to have some other really interesting stuff in there too. So I mean, listen at your own risk. If you're going to watch the show, watch the show. If you don't care enough to stay on here, or worst case, come back after you've watched it.
3: Yeah. Or to to be fair, I mean, the stuff we'll talk about won't be re- you when you talk about something like this you have to visually see it too to make more of like an impact yeah. and like the the music that they the score so to speak they put behind oh, it yeah. you know intensifies it too so
1: yeah brilliantly shot lots of really great uh, cinematography and soundtracks and lighting and everything else man really really badass job so
2: like tonight me and my friend uh she and I watched the first episode again oh nice and uh, i watched it again she had never seen it and, you know, I'd brought up my history with it and stuff like that. And, um, but there were still times when they started talking about certain things that I got chills again.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Like, and then like, <laughs> she kept looking at me when they were doing the, the tail, like where he was re- reading the email and they had oh. the guy and like, she's like, looking at me like, you do know I have to sleep here tonight by myself. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. Oh, it's oh man. Cool. Um. See, I already, I already want to talk about that. So yeah, just keep 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 going with that.
1: Yeah. So we should preface everything by: you guys can go watch Hellier for free. It's a five part documentary, about an hour long uh, each episode. You can watch it on hellier.tv TV, or you can watch it on Planet Weird. Sh- Planet weird on planet weird's YouTube page Carl Pfeiffer is the the gentleman who filmed the whole thing um, it features Greg and Dana Newkirk two professional um, paranormal investigators and some of the other people that you know they run around with and, and people they work with and
3: it's Amazon prime too
1: yeah Amazon prime for free it's just really solid really solid so um Rob do you want to explain do you want to start it do you want me to start it
2: uh, I'll let you start it because you got more of an idea how this all flows. Okay, cool. On your new S- podcast without me, you know, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so it basically starts off with, uh, this really strange email that Greg and Dana Newkirk got back in like 2012. And I won't read the whole email because that's something that you guys should watch because they did a great job of, you know, reaccounting mm-hmm. that whole thing. Yeah. But, um, basically back in 2012, um, there was an old defunct email that, uh, Greg Newkirk had and he had not used in several years. But he got contacted by this dude named Dr. David Christie, who claimed that very similar to the Kelly Hopkinsville siege, he and his family were being I don't know what would you call, accosted, stalked, harassed, yeah, besieged mm-hmm. by again these short, like three-foot-tall, diminutive creatures with potentially little pointy ears. Uh, I think the way his daughter described it is they were bald like grandpa, Um, you know, black beady eyes. And they'd kind of run around their yard, fuck with like the toys in the yard. At night, they would, you know, gently try to, you know, jiggle the handles on the doors and get inside. And it all kind of comes to a head when, you know, they go on for a, a couple months with this weird shit happening and they almost get used to it. But then the little daughter starts mentioning how these creatures start tapping on her windows and trying to come in through a window and shit. And they weren't physically threatening, just really fucking creepy. And eventually through these email communications, uh, the doctor says how they just had to leave. They had to straight up leave because shit got so crazy and so scary. And that's kind of where Hellier picks up is this documentary team is going to investigate this to see if there's anything in Hellier Kentucky worth looking up now, and, it, and they it, oh, go ahead
2: uh some things that they should keep in mind too is not not only would you get were they getting emails from oh no, I guess that's say afterwards never mind, go ahead, Sean <laughs> no worries
1: <laughs> uh, it should be mentioned though that. Um, on this guy's property, there's supposed to be yet another entrance to a mine shaft. Mm-hmm. And that which, was kind of similar to uh, the the Hopkinsville yeah. case.
3: Which which is pretty common around that area because of all the cave systems and the mining back in the day, which you'll learn a little bit, little bit more later, too.
2: So when they were uh, doing this documentary, one of my favorite parts was that uh, they had talked about going to Cave City where Mammoth Cave is at yeah. because the Mammoth Cave system is so large that it runs up through like the Appalachians and like if when they show the map on the TV you're like holy crap that's a lot of that's a lot of area that Mammoth Cave is in and even and, yeah.
0: and it's e- even and it's not mapped all the way out right like no. even though we know where all the some of the tunnels mm-hmm. are we haven't mapped it out 100% like yeah, nobody's I, really explored that 100% yeah. listen oh, right.
3: boys God, no. it, i've been to 38 caves in the United States. <laughs> Mammoth Cave is by far one of the largest. And what pisses me off to know end, <laughs> And I'll never forget this in my life. Because I was so damn excited when we went and saw Rob in October. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to this cave finally. And we signed up for this tour that we thought sounded great. If the goblins went in this tour or in this cave, they'd walk right the fuck back out <laughs> because it is literally just a pretty much like a straight, maybe like a little crook of a of, of a wind down. And then like if you guys noticed that entire area, there was no like chasm, there was no like empty blackness. It was literally just like a straight path. It was it was the weirdest thing ever, and it was more of a history lesson than anything else. But you don't get to see any of the beauty. Of that cave, we
2: picked the wrong tour. I, yeah, we picked the one that sounded most like it was called the gothic tour, and they made it sound like it was kind of like more of the haunted tour kind of thing, like a spooky thing, yeah, like a spooky, thing, oh, yeah. like a spooky it was thing. And I was like, Halloween, the only thing spooky here was our tour guide sucked.
3: <laughs> oh, he was so terrible, so bad, but yeah, like it was so cool, like watching this documentary and then uh, knowing how it ties into these other weird paranormal things. Yep, and well, like, does Mammoth Cave thing- have like arms that go all the way into Kansas?
2: Oh, dude, it goes. If, well, I don't think it actually goes into Kansas. It moves. It moves mostly. I mean, it might go a little bit into Kansas, but you got to remember M- again, <laughs> Mammoth Cave is so large. But the majority of where that what we know is Mammoth Cave is again on that thirty seventh parallel. Yeah. Right.
3: Right. 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 And- Synchronicity, man, you fucker.
0: And I Google searched uh, cave systems in Kansas one time, and the, the amount of, like, the fucking underground caves in Kansas would blow your mind. Because Kansas being flat, you wouldn't think we'd have that much. But, oh, no, we do.
1: You're right. So, Listen, man, I played
0: Minecraft. I know how
1: deep and far caves
3: can go. <laughs> that chasm, bro. <laughs> but Don't dig down.
2: The the most important thing is that these mammoth caves connect to Hopkinsville, connect them all the way to Helyar, um, right. which is so all
3: the way uh, on like the other side towards, of Kentucky. And even yeah. further
2: than that, they start moving up north as well, like northeast. So they go along the Appalachian Mountains.
3: I see, uh, that's what I love about Caves, man, is because knowing, like, you'll take this tour and it'll be nice. And you can even do, like, the VIP, you know, extra hard one, like, you know, where you actually go kind of like a splunking and you got to get down, crawl. Um, but there's areas in there they'll say, they're like, well, this hasn't ever been explored. Because it's too deep, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just—it's just crazy to know that that like there could be shit in there that lives in there. Yeah, definitely. That's what—that's why I made the 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 comparison to Descent. Like them them creatures in that movie, like they're—they've adapted to that. You know that they could see they could see through sound. You know, and it's fucking awesome, man. So cool. So, I love caves and the ocean. <laughs>
2: So the first thing that they mentioned in the in they wanted proof of these aliens or these creatures in Hellier and he sent back these pictures of three toed footprints mm-hmm. and you know he put those online and people were like you know he, he kind of said hey does anybody know what these are you know because you know are these a, nor- a normal animal and people kept ca- coming back and they're like no they're not normal you know that they don't look real or they don't look like any known animal. And then somebody brought up the fact that it looked like they actually had dermal ridges. Now what they explained in the documentary is the dermal ridges are very hard to fake because it's almost like, it's like having a fingerprint on your creases of your foot. So they're very hard to fake. So whatever this thing that made the footprints was had a dermal ridge that was noticeable in the mud. And so, uh, that's like, so, you know, that's a pretty interesting fact about these things. And, you know, he sent a picture back of, you know, the footprints and everything uh, with a ruler by them. So they were about half the size of a normal human footprint. So again, they should have been tiny. They're obviously footprints of something or very good fakes. Um, But, like, when they went to Cave City, they were shooting some kind of sizzle reel for a show about and they were at the mammoth cave area and we didn't really get to explore too much of mammoth cave that day or that area because there's a lot of things that you guys would have seen if we had more time but we needed to get to the to uh maker's mark um right so we didn't get to see a whole lot of it but there's like they talk about it you know hey there's all kinds of like touristy trap places and stuff like that but the the Newkirk's and this group that they're with, they're out there just putting all their camera equipment. When this little girl, he's taking the, she's on a bicycle and she's like, coming back and forth watching them. And she finally comes up to, uh, to, uh, what is his name? The main the guy, uh, Greg. She comes up to Greg, and he's like, that man over there says you guys are monster hunters. And, you know, he's just joking around with the girl. He goes, that's right. Have you seen any monsters? And she goes, yeah, me and my friends see the monsters. And my parents see the monsters, too. And he thinks she's joking. And so, you know, they're all like, oh, yeah, where you see them? underneath you your bed? She goes, no. They come out of the mines. And so at this point, Greg is like, says he's like looking around. He's like, okay, who put you up to this kind of thing? Because he's like, and nobody's paying any attention to this, like, uh right. she's she, she's telling him this and he's like looking around and they're all there putting their cameras up. No one's like watching this and like laughing and she says he goes, Well can you can you get can you draw a picture? And so the little girl takes out they get a pen and piece of paper, and the first thing she draws, strangely enough, is a three toed footprint that looks almost exactly like the picture they took. Which just seems odd enough. That's and then crazy. And then she's talking about. Oh, said, so "What do they look like?" You know, she draws a face with two huge eyes, uh, with some pretty large ears that fit almost the goblins from Hopkinsville—the same look—and saying that they, people see them. They've come out of the ca- out of the caves and out of the mines. So, and they call them the Midnight Children. Oh, so. Is this true? I mean, there's no, it's not on camera. They have the few, they have the pictures. And what I do think is funny about the pictures is you look at those pictures, it looks weird because it looks like she drew eyeballs in like in the middle of the eyes.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: But if you think about how their eyes look, (laughs) their eyes have those ridges around them. Uh Uh-huh. So if you've seen that at night, you may think that, oh, that's the eyeball itself and the pupil is what's actually their eyeball in the middle.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So, Mm. and, you know, again, maybe that's what they're seeing. But, uh, yeah, but I just thought I was having chills when when they talked about that scene again like today, and I'm just like, man, and like there was so much going on before this documentary, like there's the scene where they're in the looking at the Brown Mountain Lights out in North Carolina. Or Brown, or is it North Carolina, right? That's where it was at?
1: I believe so, yeah.
2: And so this is the first time, like when the original emails came through, a man named Terry Wrist was brought up in one of the emails. And they start going through trying to figure out where this name come from. And it was like an obs- some obscure book called The Ciphers <clears throat> of the UFO Knots. Yeah. It's a book that was made in like 1994 by a man named Alan, and I can't remember his last name, but the guy just, you know, it was just a weird book. It was just like some weird off-the-wall book. But at the back of the book, they talked about how this man named Terry Wrist was a Vietnam vet, and some other Vietnam vets were going into caves and killing these things. Uh hmm. near it to in old military bases and stuff like their old bases and stuff. So this is something that they brought up. Um And so they're like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, that's a, that's an interesting story. But like, so, you know, that's not n- n- neither here nor there, but then they meet it with Micah Hanks, who does a podcast and he's been on mysterious universe quite a bit. So he's a real famous podcaster and he right. takes him out to Brown mountain <clears> to look at the lights And he starts telling the story about a psychic that he knows had told him about a cave. And so they actually go look for this cave system and they find it because it's exactly where the psychic tells them to look for, you know, what they need to look for to get out there. And granted, we don't know how much this is true. This could be a big put on as well. But it was very interesting to me Mm -hmm. that when they get out there and they're looking for this cave and they find this cave and it looks like this rock has been purposely pulled there to seal off this cave so nobody can get in it. That later on they get an email from a Terry Wrist and he says, why did you guys stop? You were so close. Right. And he keeps mentioning stuff that also even tie back to uh Keel from the Mothman prophecies. Oh yeah. And like you guys don't even learn about that till later on. But there's certain phrases that he uses that also a man would tell Keel. And, uh, but basically he t- had a picture of a piece of paper written and it was some, they first thought it was credit card numbers. Instead it was actually coordinates. And when they put those coordinates in, it was almost exactly where that cave system was at, where that they were looking for, where that psychic told Right. Them. So again, synchronicity, weird happenstance, now, granted, is this Terry Rist? This could possibly be Micah Hank or somebody that knows Micah Hank putting on a, a show to make something even more exciting. I mean, I don't know. The man may be a grifter for all I know. Yeah. But...
3: Or a man in black or something yeah, like that. or, or a griffin. Is, huh?
2: You know, but again, it's still just strange and adds a whole other layer to this. It's like, would freak me the hell out.
1: Yeah, because what's... <sighs> the the only thing that was a slightly disappointing about this is, and this is a big spoiler guys, you don't really get to the bottom of the goblins yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I say yet, because I, I've been reading up and it sounds like there's a lot of hope um, that they're going to do a, a second season of this or a mm-hmm. second, you know, part. It does, however, take a really strange turn. And like you mentioned, it goes more towards that, you know, John Keel, uh, Ingrid cold kind of mm-hmm. weird, I don't know, just an in, investigation gone awry and it starts leading off to them investigating, you know, these cave entrances and shit like that. EVPs get brought into it. Oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. look, it's like, it's almost like so much of the stuff that we've studied over the years, just all brought together into yeah. this, right. and taken so serious. Like a lot of times you see documentaries are made by somebody that doesn't take this shit serious.
3: Right. Exactly. And that's one thing coming from me. Like I've not, I've not really watched many of these. I don't watch ghost adventures. I don't watch any of that shit. So like when I first started watching, I was like, (sighs) I watched the first episode with Aaron and we kind of like both joked and made fun of it a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't like the Dana girl at first because I was like, (sighs) she's one of them. like, people don't really like me from where I'm from so like like and I was just like oh okay here we go
1: and yeah, then, to you Steve it was like all right yep this is blow by blow like all these other documentaries
3: yeah yeah and then and then like uh once they started doing some certain thing I didn't really feel the tarot thing i don't I'm not really keen to that as a so person that does
2: tarot I can I'm pretty good at it and I've had't i
3: have had never – i did not okay, well, I mean, you you should do that. You should do that with me sometime. That'd be cool. Like, I don't know, like, just watching it, like, I've never had that red on me before. Uh, But, like, just watching her do that, I was like, okay, kind of put off by it. But when they did that whole, like, whatever you call it, where... The spirit box? The spirit box, yeah. yeah. Tell them about that, how that... I have never seen that before, and that blew my mind. At first, (laughs) I was like, okay, this is bullshit. But then, like, I looked more into it. I was like... That's crazy shit. So how, how, how does that work? So like, Preston, guys-
2: this is something that you know a lot more about, I take it, right? You've done Spirit Box, right?
0: Yeah, and I was actually going to go on a tangent when we brought this part up because I think that when they did that session, there was a lot that was given that they missed out on them. So basically the Spirit Box, most people use what they call like a PBS7, and it's just like a little handheld radio. And what it does is it will scan X amount of stations her every four seconds. So like the PBS seven does nine radio stations in four seconds. So is it, is it
3: digital? Like you push. Like, yeah. Okay.
0: And what it does is it's scanning so fast that all you get is bleep, 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 bleep. and the idea is that, that because it's scanning so fast and you're not actually getting tangible words out of it, because when you listen to one, you can't make out shit. Like it basically just sounds like garble, but the spirits are able to manipulate that. And then you'll hear a voice come across. Like it'll say, like, Jimmy. And uh, one thing that they do different is like when we went to go investigate that house um, in Augusta and we turned ours on, yeah, like cool right away cool. when we got upstairs, it actually said the lady's name. Like, you know, it was like Jane. And I didn't know, like, they didn't introduce me as, this is Jane. So when we went back to the park, we're like, well, this name came across. And she's like, yeah, well, that's my first name. But what what they did was to take out that, that element where you, you know, you just, you go in there and everybody can hear it. So, like, if me and Sean are in a room and that thing's going off, I might hear Jane, but Sean could hear something else entirely. And what that does is that influences you to make up your mind, like oh shit, yeah, that's right, that's what I heard. So what they did in that documentary is they took the one guy, they blindfolded him so he couldn't read lips, he couldn't see what was going on. I thought on, part and was put, amazing. Yeah, yeah, so cool. And they to put n- noise canceling headphones on so he can't hear any outside noise whatsoever. He can't hear the conversation. The only thing he did say so his his he could own-
2: hear was the uh, Pfeiffer, the other guy. Yeah. They said he he was pretty loud a few times, and he was able to hear him, but that was all he was able to hear.
0: Yeah. So what he did was he would hear like Penny Brown, James Lincoln here, here, here close, close, close. And he's just randomly shouting out just any word that he can hear Batman. And they're like, Batman, that, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And so one thing that, that when they were doing that, that came across when they're asking like, you know, are you close? Are you here? The next thing that he shouted out was brown. And they're like, who's brown? What's brown? Are you brown? And then it said Lincoln. And they're like, Lincoln. And then it said penny. So when I was talking to Sean today, um, I was doing some research on like mines in Kentucky. And you think about that, like all the mines that are open in that area are coal mines. But if you go up into the Brown Mountain area, there are a lot of copper mines. And what's a a penny made out of? Holy shit copper it's made out of copper yeah. so it was actually telling them when they said are you here are you near whatever was coming across that was telling them that they probably needed to go to a copper mine in the brown mountains and we think that like a goblin is like this tangible thing like it's a physical being yeah and, and it very you know, it well wasn't may really not dis-
3: be. and that's exactly right. what that's because i was thinking the same thing that's why for me the documentary went away from the goblins and more to like something like you know, spiritual like a ghost uh, or right. some shit. But you make and yeah, I, you bring up a good point.
0: And I think because they were doing like the spirit box, they were doing the tarot cards, um, you know, going back to like John Keel, I think that what they they were experiencing was that trickster phenomenon, that mm-hmm. trickster element, because, you know, it said Batman. And you're like, well Batman doesn't have anything to do with this, but it does because Mothman Uh, Got its name because when, you know, those Mothman sightings were happening, it was attributed to like that Batman comic. Like, well, it's kind of like, you know, like a bat with wings. It's Batman. It's Mothman. Yeah. And um, Keel got these reports again and again and again that because we were digging so deep into the earth that we were awakening these monsters. And that's what Mothman was. It was a monster that was buried deep in the earth. (laughs) And we just woke it up. And that maybe this trickster phenomenon was trying to get them away from the goblins and lead them down this other path.
2: Yeah. Well, and also important to, again, going back to the trickster aspect of it, was the tin can. Yeah. To me, that was a trickster spirit like no other. Cause at the very end of all this reading, he said, he laughed because he's like, in my mind, I literally just see a plain tin can in my head just sitting there and it's like, it didn't, it was like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like he thought of a tin can. It was literally that it just appeared to him in his head and anybody can have that kind of experience. I mean, I've suddenly just had weird things appear in my, my vision Mm -hmm. and or stuff. And it's very strange. You're like, what does that mean? And then later on you might come across something that resembles that. But the fact that when they got to the last cave, there's just a tin can laying there in the middle of the cave. Granted, some... And it resembled the can yes. that he pictured in his mind. Granted, he, they, they could have like, brought it the there out. and threw it down. Right. But, you know, that cave, is, that mine shaft is so far off the beaten path, there wasn't a whole lot of trash and garbage there. It was
3: desolate. Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. So,
2: and you had to go quite a bit of distance through cornfields to get to it. It's very rare that you would find a tin can in there without other trash.
3: Yeah. So... And then, also, like, during the spirit box thing that, that we haven't mentioned yet is... As the rest of the crew is having this conversation, he's the the one dude with the spirit box on his face and shit, and in his ears, is basically saying like saying all these letters – saying all these random shit, and they're having a conversation which is really intense. But if you look at his body language, he's fucking like twit like shaking, twitching, mm-hmm. like fidgeting with the with the radio. Like he he it's it's he's just spitting out. He's listening to basically you know this white noise with a couple things here and there. But it's still so intense because he's like, "Are they having a conversation while I do this?" And then like when they finally touch him, mm-hmm. like it, it, he's like terrified. Like I, mm-hmm. oh my god! Like I want to, I yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to experience something like that.
0: <laughs> well, shit, we'll we'll blindfold you and ear muffy yeah. and let you go with us. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the
2: way that the stuff needs to be done from now on. I think they're yeah, on yeah. To something there.
1: Well, here's yeah. what's interesting about that whole thing, about the idea that we start off at goblins and all of a sudden we get to these trickster elemental spirit things. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the Tommy knockers and the Tammy or the Tommy knackers, they're sometimes pronounced. A Tommy knocker, um also known as knockers, knackers, wakas, yeah, what yeah. Whatever your whatever lore you're going from Welsh, Cornish, uh Devonish, all these kind of things. A knocker was said to be a little pixie or a sprite, oftentimes more akin to I've like a gnomes. goblin. Yeah, like a gnome. They're said to have large heads, black eyes, long skinny arms, short in stature. And they were called knockers because they're very mischievous. And I guess before a uh, before a mine or a cave caves in, the walls start making this knocking noise. And it's the sound of, you know, like the different uh, – different, you know, granite and rock and everything starting to separate and crack. Um, a lot of these people mentioned that they believed it was these little trickster spirits with their hammers tapping on the walls, creating fractures, causing these caves to go in. Mm-hmm. And this all was pretty much like overseas in the UK. When a lot of your migrant um, workers came over, your miners from like the Welsh areas, they came to Pennsylvania, they brought along that, uh, that lore And a lot of your local Pennsylvania miners and your your miners in the the early 1800s in the US, they're like, oh, yeah, we have that too. We call them the knockers and the Tommy knockers. And they reported seeing, you know, out of the corner of their eye, these short little goblin looking things wearing like overalls and like makeshift miner hats, um, rifling through their stuff, messing with their dynamite, hiding their tools and it's just really interesting because they were thought to be somewhat supernatural, like they could shift through walls. They were more spirit than human or, or you know, more spirit than physical. That could have been what they were contacting too. Yeah. And that all goes around. These goblins could easily be mistaken for these Tommy Knocker spirits.
0: And, and like over in Australia, there's a, a cave system that's like the oldest known cave system where they were mining like ochre. It goes back like 40,000 years. And so the Aborigines talk about that the spirits that are in that cave, they're described as the old black men because they're like three foot tall. They have really dark skin. um, They're very frail. And a lot of times you have to do this ritual to appease them before you go into the caves. And if you don't, you'll see them out of the corner of your eye. And the Aboriginals are taught not to leave their footprint in those caves. So they have to walk on their heels or if they do leave like a shoe print or a footprint, they actually have to wipe that clean um, as not to offend those spirits that are in that cave. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and there are also
1: cases of, you know, people working in the mines and all of a sudden there's a cave in and people saying they were rescued by these small diminutive skinny creatures with big heads and pointy ears and long wispy beards. So the Tommy knockers aren't always mischievous. In some cases, they're said to rescue a lot of workers who should have died. And in a couple cases, they even are reported to get along with a lot of the miners who, who pay them tribute and actually work alongside them in harmony, like helping them mine the coal and the different, you know, uh, um, jewels and stuff like that. So kind of – it's it's interesting how it kind of comes full circle. And in the end, it could very well be a goblin. But like you guys said, more of a spiritual type creature than an actual you know, flesh and blood monster.
2: I've also heard stories about um, people that get trapped in like mines or caves before they're rescued. And I want to say I heard somewhere that those kids in Thailand that were in that – where they got stuck in that cave – I swore I read somewhere that one of them said at one time that they were, it was pitch black, but all of a sudden they seen like what looked like a doorway appear on the cave Mm -hmm. wall and open up and they could see light on the other side of the door and they seen these little dwarf creatures come out of the cave, look at them, then go back into the door and close it. (laughs) <laughs> and granted that could be hallucinations it may not have been anything that even happened i can't even You're find right. the proof of it because i was just looking for it but i've heard the these book. stories before about people trapped in caves seeing these things as well yeah but
1: uh that's just, interesting yeah
2: so my god this this show has just gone off the rails because there's just like <laughs> there's so much information
0: it all connects oh yeah and like so like Native American folklore about the creation stories, there are several Native American creation stories where they talk about how before the earth was ready for us to live on it, we all lived underground and we had like glowing red eyes, a lot like Mothman. And, um, you know, the creator spirit said, you guys have to stay down here until, you know, everything is ready but then uh, the coyotes or the uh, the foxes came down and said, oh, no, fuck it. You guys go up there right now. Uh, there's berries or shit that you can eat. So then a group of humans went up there and then winter hit and they, uh, you know, fucked everything up. And so the creator spirit turned them into buffalo. So then when the red eyed people were like, oh, it's time for you to go up there, they ate the buffalo. And so, I mean, that kind of ties back into that whole almost like Mothman with the red eyes and us living in caves and who the fuck knows what's underneath there? Like we haven't even explored it hundred percent. I'll tell you so. what's under there, some fucking bastard coyotes that got us real
1: good. <laughs> yeah. Well here's
2: the here's the thing. That at time when they're doing the spirit box thing and they're talking about you could hear stuff like in the back you could hear like leaves, like branches cracking around uh-huh. them and stuff like that, and they're like and he's Car-horns. like, Coyotes, where? Over there. You you know, it was <gasps> like it all fit together. It was oh, just like
1: wow. Didn't even think about that, yeah. You know coyote and the yeah interesting yeah so
2: and they were like you know come talk to us but the the coyotes are what was coming closer to them it sounded like you know but yeah. i'm telling you
0: or was it the trickster spirit it, of the coyote exactly dun, we, dun, dun. we don't
2: know what it was but it was just that to me was so interesting and i just loved that spirit box and how they used it and like it was amazing i i love this documentary and I yeah, feel like we've too. really gone off the rails talking about it. And I really think everybody <laughs> should watch it. That's interested in this kind of stuff. And I was really disappointed. Like after I watched like the first two episodes, I went back and I was like, listen, I was reading like the reviews and people were like, eh, it wasn't that great. But I think so many people get so caught up on the ending that they mm-hmm. miss everything else that leads up to that because it's not about the ending. Cause it's not over yet. Just right, because yeah, they didn't yeah. find something at the end of this documentary. Does it mean there's not something that's going to be found? And and anybody that went into this documentary thinking they were going to find something missed the whole point. <laughs>
3: like, yeah. yeah. My uh, my thing is like like I like I texted yeah the ending was kind of disappointing. My thing was that like they were like well got to this cave saw the can yeah I'm satisfied. Like I was like what like really like that was some kind of I just figured <laughs> I just figured they'd maybe go to like a, another cave somewhere and try it again. Right. Yeah. you know well the thing is about that case about the whole investigation
1: you got to think in 5 hours they crammed you know roughly 7 years worth of of documentation too cuz that shit yeah. was going on for 7 years um we kind of just got the spark notes of what happened and they said there's there's footage they never put in there they're like you know just just Kentucky alone was a very interesting place to go because you know you had that part where Like they're talking to that one dude, and he's like, "Hey, y'all, just you know, watch your back, be careful out there." And then he circles back around, kind of off camera, and he's like, "No, seriously, like, be careful. You know, there's stuff out there. There's people out there that you know can can hurt you."
2: Well, here's the thing that I wanted to bring up about the people of Appalachia, and this is something I've been told because I have a lot of people I know around this area who have family members and stuff up there, Uh up in the Appalachians, where's where they used to make lots and lots of moonshine. Right, And now they make a lot, a lot of meth and stuff like that. So <laughs> the reason why it was so weird when they go to year is because you're dealing with people that live near the Appalachians. They yep. live in those mountains.
3: Yeah, Those oh, yeah.
2: people do not trust outsiders. Yep. You go to the oh, wrong yeah. places up there in the mountains, you will be murdered and they will never find you.
3: Right, yeah. it's just like mur- uh, fucking Murder Mountain, that documentary about Humboldt yep. County. So same shit, man. When they
2: were acting like, well, nobody here wants to talk to us. Exactly, they don't want you going up there and getting, because uh, their cousin or their uncle has a fucking moonshine still up there or a meth a meth lab or anything else up there. They don't <laughs> yeah. want you running into it, finding it.
3: Can yep. you imagine, like, th- them knowing that, like that, um, that abandoned uh, mining. Railway thing or whatever that at the end that they were in. Uh I mean, nothing was so huge, perfect, and they could make they could set up something in there a moonshine or meth, a meth lab, easy. Yep, you know, like that's crazy shit. Yeah, didn't didn't I didn't even think about that, but it makes total sense.
0: And I thought the the fact that like when they try to ping the IP in address of those emails to try to figure out like where it came from, that they couldn't even trace that because like you watch it, it like whatever server it went to it automatically went to california then it went to you know canada for where Mm -hmm. they were at
3: at the time which is common now
0: yeah because of vpns
3: but back then no
0: yeah it wasn't so common but it's like whatever that was didn't want it to be traced so like it it just kind of leading them on this like you know goose hunt right
1: yeah. Well, and let's not forget how that whole thing ended, that final scene that they recreate with that uh, that iPhone screen and then the sound mm-hmm. of them getting an email and then fade to black.
3: Yeah, and it said, like, what, February something, 2018?
1: Yeah. Cause it, so it, pretty it, much, pretty well, if I would understand this correctly, towards the end of this documentary wrapping up, you know, shit shit, fucking pops up. Like
3: filming off and doing like the, the post-edit and shit, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, and then, at the, again, at this documentary gets some attention. Maybe David Christie or whoever he was, because they obviously went through all the work of trying to find David Christie, and the man does not exist. A Dr. David Christie in Hellier does not exist.
3: Yeah. And somehow in the YouTube comments was talking about something. When you are a doctor, you have to get, like, some kind of, um, basically, your name attached to not just, like, the, you know, your... Certificate or whatever you want to call it. There's something else that they have they have to register, and there's like and it goes into like a, a database, so they they could have checked that too, and then they never mentioned that they did, but they might have. I kept looking right, at that
2: right. da- Dr. David Christie, and I kept thinking I was trying to make anagrams of it, and I was trying to get Terry Wrist, but there's no W.
3: <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob over here trying Run to be seen. You can get terrorist, from Wrist. Fu- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: That, that that we were we were the first time we heard that name. We were like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like terrorists. It sounds, it sounds like some. Uh, never mind. I can't say it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, all in all, man. Like everybody should go online check out Carl Pfeiffer. On Instagram check out planet weird check out you know Dana and, and uh, Greg Newkirk all that kind of stuff check out PlanetWeird.com. they do a lot of great stuff um, outside of just Hellier you know just that documentary but and I guess like I, I, an epilogue to this whole thing is I was following a little bit of Greg and stuff on uh, I think Twitter or somewhere some uh, social media. And he was mentioning something, and I might mess this up, but I want to say he talked about some people who practice um, remote viewing were volunteering yes. to work yes. up another project where they're going to start looking at these mine shafts, and people were getting pings on this uh, remote viewing on mine shafts, and they were getting strange, you know. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll leave it at that. They're getting a lot of really strange results, you know, having to do with this goblin phenomenon and and everything else. So it, it seems like it's far from over. That's for sure.
2: I can't wait. I hope they do more. Yeah, I, just, I hope they do too. I I really found them to be fascinating people, and I felt I I just liked their personality and they, and everything about this documentary to me was exciting. I was on the edge of my seat so many episodes. Like at one point, I told my mom I was talking about my mom talking about the goblins story again. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. she brought up the story, you know, she told me again about what she knew about it all about, you know, basically how my grandparents knew Billy Ray Taylor, which I'm almost 100 percent sure that's the man he knew because it was Lucky Sutton was the one that the house belonged to. And Billy yeah. Ray Taylor uh-huh. was the one that had visited. And yeah. my I mean, was a whole at time family worked on the railroads. And I don't know where Billy I don't know if that's how he knew Billy Ray Taylor or not. Oh, uh, OK.
1: Gotcha. But, gotcha. Well, all in all, it's a, uh, it's a fantastic, uh, documentary. It's a fantastic, um, extension of the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. And, uh, I think it was cool. Just, uh, like, like you said, Rob, it's near and dear to your heart. It's one of my favorite too. uh, to see a continuation and kind of a, uh, an epilogue to that story or or a, uh, sequel or whatever, man. It was pretty nice. Yeah. And you know what else is nice? Having you back on the show, buddy.
2: Yeah, I don't get used
3: to oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is it is good to have you back, man. Um, so, okay, I haven't talked about this on the show yet. I mentioned it to Sean. And it's so weird to me because, as I've always said, I want to see something. I want to feel something, blah, blah, blah. I Not just paranormal ways, it. but in life in general. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I think I finally saw a UFO. Oh. Uh me and Aaron were driving to Tawanda. So we were heading west or not west, east, uh, on two fifty-four, heading into Butler County. And we're about uh, five miles from from Tawanda, and we're both, you know, looking looking forward, listening to music, and neither one of us said anything to each other about seeing something in the sky. And it looks it looked kinda like it was small, kind of shiny. And it looked just going like at a steady pace or I didn't really pay much attention to it to see if it was actually moving like at a trajectory steady, you know, mm-hmm. uh, But we both just seen it, whatever. And, you know, because when you're out here in Kansas, it's just flat, nothing, <laughs> especially out there and driving. And then all of a sudden you just see it go shoop, up in the fucking sky like it's we saw it there for, I mean, I would guess probably a minute and a half. Didn't think anything of it. And then just automatically just like actually see it lift off and then just disappear. It was the craziest fucking and we both looked at each other, we're like, did you did you fucking see that? And we were like, <laughs> what the hell? And it freaked it freaked us out. So yeah, I think I think that I finally saw something. Because I Shit. have no fucking idea what the fuck that what that what that could have been. And again, right.
2: that's something we didn't talk about at Hellier either was the town of Hellier itself. How you know they'd go talk to these people and it would be like oh, no, we ain't seen nothing, and you just keep getting them talking, and then the more and more they're talking, suddenly it's like, well, there was that thing that flew in the air for, like, hours that we everybody seen and took pictures of. and <laughs> Right. And like, but, you know, and they're like, well, why didn't you mention that at first? And it was like they, they had, like, this amnesia effect where, like, all the yeah. weird shit that had happened that they didn't remember it until all of a sudden it was like it popped into their head again. And like, oh, yeah, that happened. Or, just oh, really yeah, repressed
1: seen- memories, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's...
1: Well, Steve, welcome to the club, buddy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So now we'll, uh, make you sure abducted.
1: you get your tinfoil hat on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Borrow one from your dad. <laughs> yeah.
3: So um completely unrelated to uh paranormal stuff, but just because we, we all like movies and film and stuff, I went and watched um uh shit, I forgot the damn name of it. They they shall not grow old. Uh, it's peter jackson's movie about world war 1 and uh, everybody knows peter jackson wingnut no films what a workshop lord of the rings shit um the, like he took uh, he was basically commissioned to do a piece uh, they were like hey we got all this old footage we want we know you're really good with uh, re- like fixing up footage to make it look great and we want you to, we want to commission you to do this piece for us give like a little narrative behind it you know and so he took on this task and And it's incredible to see because like back in the day, you had hand crank turning cameras, um, the way they recreated this film to make it like the average, you know, frames per second that what we're used to today and taking these scenes from this real footage and then digitally editing stuff into it to make, give it more fluid motion and adding color and then hiring, uh, the voice actors to do like, you know, like little bitty, like, like when you would take the video of these people back in the day, they would like speak they be like Hey, come over here. You know, we're getting a picture like that type of stuff. They recreated that voice. But the rest of the movie is told entirely by, uh, interviews from people that were in world war one. And like, it's, it's, it's a cinematic awesomeness, man. You gotta watch this shit. If you're into any of that stuff. And even if you're just into like art, like, the what what he did is great, and I told um, Brady and Jared this that I I look forward to their children watching this in high school if they're still teaching history like the way they do now, which hopefully they get better. But because everybody knows about World War Two, but World War One was a world war. Everybody had their had their dick in it, you know what I mean. So you it you seeing how crazy that shit is is so cool. So check the oh, movie yeah. out.
1: No, it was a documentary. It. it wasn't like a biopic. It was an actual documentary. No,
3: it's a it's a documentary. Okay, like,
1: I might watch it then. then. I thought it was just a yeah. war flick. So No, no, no,
3: no. And then like uh in True Peter Jackson, you know, uh style, he comes on the screen before the movie and tells like a little bit a little bit about it and say like I'm really proud of this. And he says and for all the other people after the, stay after the credits uh you can watch me and my team talk about how we re- how we created this entire movie for 30 minutes <laughs> so like, you get like all this <laughs> extra shit it was pretty tight and it was really oh, yeah. cool to see how they did that cuz it made you appreciate it even more and his grandfather actually served in World War 1 and he's got two um uh an uncle and then uh one guy that helps him make all his films his either uncle or dad or something was in World War 1 but oh, nice. so like it's really cool to see that To see that connection with that. And, uh, you know, and he really wants people to learn more about what them people went through. It's fucking cool, man.
1: I might check that out then if it's a documentary. I like that. So, Rob, you got anything you've been watching you want to plug before we get out of here?
2: Uh, I finished up Sex Education on Netflix.
3: Oh. You like that? That
2: was a very fantastic show.
3: (laughs) Awesome. Hell yeah.
2: See, I I do like stuff, Steven, so fuck off. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I just started a Russian doll. It's the amazing awesome Natasha Leon. And she, was she... Dead. <laughs> No, she's not dead. Uh it, but in this movie that's basically Groundhog Day and you or the Happy Death Day oh. bullshit and she keeps reliving her 39th birthday over yeah. and over and and it's it's really really Did you see it's, it's funny shit. They're
2: bringing out a VR game on PSVR called Groundhog's Day. And it's based on the same premise as the movie. I think it's, you're playing as Bill Murray's son. What?
1: That sounds like an unneeded sequel that nobody wanted. <laughs> but <laughs>
2: yeah. but you go crazy. out and you die, and then you wake up every day doing the whole same same stuff all over again in VR.
3: That's awesome because that's that's the that's my favorite part of the movies when it's just like that scene of him. Doing all these different things like robbing a bank, playing piano, kicking and ass. I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm
2: not 100% sure <laughs> that so it's cool. – I'm not 100% sure it's based – it's called Groundhog Day. And it's the – so it's got to be somehow tied to that series, right? But they make it sound like you're the son – like your your dad was the guy that was in Groundhog Day.
3: That's hilarious. The, the Bill Murray's – Because, because –
1: it- I heard that it's a simulation. Like, you wake up, you go outside, you pick up this fucking hedgehog, you walk over to the shadow, and then you just get to tell if there's winter or spring. It's like a 30 second video game. <laughs> Preston, I'm going to need the sound effect of a cricket.
3: Oh, well, he just did yes, it. Rob sir. did it. But no, like, that that's crazy. Well, the Groundhog Day effect yeah. is, is, Ground-ho- is the flavor of the week right now. Groundhog you know, Day. Our,
2: uh, is getting a VR game sequel. Bill Murray's Iconic Turn and Groundhog Day will be followed by a VR game about the character's son.
3: That'd be so... That's cool. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though? Like, there's so many movies and, like, media around the idea of living the same day over and over again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't believe that Happy Death Day got a sequel. But apparently people love that shit. Yeah. Uh,
2: Groundhog Day, like Father Like Son is the name of it.
3: Huh. That sounds huh. awesome.
1: Yeah. Or redundant. Well, guys, I think it's about time we plug some shit and get out of here.
0: Cool. Yeah. Want a beard? Need a beard? Want to grow a kick ass mountain man beard that will make the people of the Appalachia jealous? Check out bigdobsbeardbomb.com
1: no, 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 and Sean's going to hit you with the promo code. No, no, Preston.
2: You want to make Bigfoot jealous?
1: <laughs> I don't know if you listen to the show lately, Rob, but we tend to try to make the little stinger for Big dogs relate to the current
0: show. Yeah. Get with the program, old man.
2: Oh, I'm sorry then. <laughs>
1: yeah. Where's
2: my World Fair spoon? Take me back to the, <laughs> 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 the hippity-dippity yeah. Yeah. retirement home.
1: Listen, asshole, you sold me this car. Don't tell me how to drive it. Stay
3: on script, Rob. (laughs)
1: Uh, Use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your entire order. And speaking of that, real quick, catch us in Omaha, Nebraska on April 13th, Saturday, for the Rock Your Beard Off Beard Mustache competition being put on by the Omaha Facial Hair Society. Come on out. Get pictures, autographs touch our beards preston and i will be there in the flesh
0: yeah yeah
3: steve got anything you want to plug i'm sad i really want to go steven is sad that's all he wants to plug no uh (laughs) you check out our facebook check up in uh pixelated paranormal podcast join that shoot uh check out our instagram it's always popping off uh pxl no pick what is it i can't remember I know I, it's always if only you had a device
1: in your hand you could touch and open up I'm doing right now
3: pxl
0: it, paranormal yep there you go thanks it's man shit. while you're at it yeah um, shit while you're go at down it. the rabbit hole with steven's dad and uh, subscribe to our youtube channel
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah my dad is a subscriber so he might hear this episode I hear you talking shit <gasps>
1: what up Richard
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: nice Rob You got
1: anything you want to plug
2: um Resident Evil 2. Play that shit. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing game. Play it Check on
1: the system, though. Shit's hard. Ooh, snap it. Hell, yeah. Check out Fear and Fame, our friends over in Colorado. And, Preston, what's my favorite race car podcast ever? Sports Cars Unleashed. Boom shakalaka. Check out Rob's solo cast, Pixelated Sausage.
2: Rob's? <laughs>
1: Shit, damn, I got so excited you're here. (laughs) Rewind, check out Mark's solo cast, Pixelated Sausage, and catch what he's been up to lately, our man behind the scenes. And I think that just about does it. Oh, yeah, watch Project Blue Book on History Channel or just, you know, stream it or download it illegally, whatever you want to do. But check that out. It's a pretty fantastic
0: series. Sweet. We just want you to watch it. We don't care how you do it.
2: It's good talking to everybody again out there, the people that think I'm dead. I'm not dead. I'm just yep. retired.
3: <laughs> he, he's Natasha to <laughs> <Hell> Yeah, <laughs> I thought she died. I yep. thought he died.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, Rob, thanks so much, dude, for jumping on. This was really nice.
2: Yeah, I could not be on this podcast if we were going to talk about Hellier.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Hell. I mean, you hit me up, right? I didn't even ask you. Yeah. You're just like, uh, I, I think we should do an episode. <laughs> it's the, the fourth Ghostbuster putting his pack back on. Hell yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you all next time for a very special story that was submitted to us from a gentleman all the way across the pond in the UK.
3: About
2: little haunted house action. What? Cheerio. We have UK listeners. You sure they're not from <laughs> Kentucky, University of Kentucky? Tea
1: and crumpets. <laughs> they're pinging, man. A lot they of shit's pinging. changed since you left, Grandpa. alright we better get Rob back to the home thanks so much guys catch you all next time peace
0: the cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical the strange the unknown tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
2: I don't want a rod in the back. It smells like Preston back there.